Hi, I'm Lily Head of Lily Head Dental Practice Sales and this webinar is for how to be a good buyer. We thought this would be a good idea to talk to buyers because so much focus is on sellers in the market principles and with my background in dental recruiting and now working with the business, uh, we speak to so many buyers who are frustrated by the challenge of buying their dream practice and some of them have been looking for years. Uh, we hold events for buyers where we try and put together a team of expert uh, speakers who can advise them on how to position themselves best for the market. So, Abby, today we're going to say how to be a good buyer. Um, the key responsibilities, um, I, I think it starts with registering with all the brokers. Um, it makes every sense. Why would you not do so? If you were going to buy a house in, in a town that took your eye, you, you know, you go to every estate agent and register with them. You don't want to miss an opportunity. So register with all the brokers. Um, I think communication, again, is key, don't you? It's, it's telling them what kind of information that we need to help them achieve and exceed their business ambitions. We need to know from them a little bit of background. We, we get buyers that register with us that are reluctant to impart any kind of information. We just get a, an email and a phone number, if that. Um, we can't help them unless we can only help them with so much information that we're given. So with the kind of information that we like to have is obviously who do they think they may be buying with? Are they buying with a partner? Because we often find this information out later on. What kind of area are they looking to buy in? So a buyer will need to think about this and decide, do I want to live commutable from home, 10 minutes from home? Well, that, of course, will narrow down the search dramatically. Or have they thought about relocating? And that is often a good option for buyers because if they have friends or family in other parts of the country, they often find that they're so demoralised with not finding their practice if they live in areas of key demand, such as London, M25 areas. The demand is so enormous that really they just feel that they're constantly losing out all the time. They get involved in bidding wars, they miss out, they weren't fast enough, they didn't offer enough money, whatever the reasons are. So we say to them, well, think about moving your search radius, move it out a little bit. So think about areas that you might consider relocating to with your family. And if that's an option, that gives you a much more wider choice. Uh, think about your budget. Um, we introduce all our buyers to a leading healthcare lender that can go to a whole market view because that way you're assured of the funding that you're getting will be the best funding for you, the best terms, but also taking it out to all the lenders to make sure that you get the best rate. And they will work with you very closely. I know that they put a lot of work in to do a comprehensive business review to help a buyer because some buyers don't realise that to successfully get lending they have to put to the banks a business plan. So if you have no business acumen, this is a good time to start getting help with your business planner, or your financial planner, to understand how to run a business, but you need to understand how much money you have to buy. It's no good going to brokers and making appointments to view a practice where you're punching so high above your weight, even if you love it, you can't afford to buy it. So you need to understand your market, if you're buying with a friend, that opens it up. It means that you're suddenly looking at a practice maybe worth, say, a million pounds because the two of you are told that, you know, you're good for, say, 500,000 each. And the banks will look at this very favourably, won't they? They like, uh, it, it's, a, it's a sharing of the risk um, and it means that you're buying it together. It opens up a slightly wider audience of, of the, the profile of practices you're going to see. 
the only thing I would say with this is you need to be sure that you're going into business with somebody that you know well. Um, it's all, it sounds a good idea when you're, you're buying a practice with your friend that you, you know, you qualified with, but a friendship is very different to a business environment. And it's the quickest way to lose your friends, a bit like going on holiday with them, is to find out <laughs> how would you work with them? You know, do they have any business ethics? Do they have any idea what's involved? Because some buyers, they end up buying themselves a new job. They don't understand what it has to, what is involved in the whole process of buying a business. And we've seen this recently, haven't with buyers, where they really are struggling because they haven't thought through what it really means. Mm -hmm. um, I think talking to dental specialists, solicitors and accountants again, this works just as much for a buyer as it does for a seller. Understanding what are the legal requirements, insurance as well. Um, there's all levels of insurance and indemnities that they must be aware of, that they have a legal requirement to have, as well as personal nice-to-haves. Uh, so I think when they comprehensively understand what this really involves, it doesn't just imagine them having a big car outside of practice in 10 years. Yes, yeah, some dentists do achieve that and more, but many, f they fail because they don't really understand how much hard work is involved. So get a full understanding of what's involved in being a business. Um, and I think then that will help them make some more informed decisions. I think you're absolutely right. It's about understanding the market. I mean, it's remembering actually about 500 or so practices change hands a year and you quite rightly said sometimes you have to change your criteria or a bit more flexible on them because you know what a practice of the profile that you want coming up within a five mile radius is you know is very unlikely and then on top of that you may be in competition with 15 other buyers so if you're not prepared and you're not presenting yourself in the best and most professional way then our role um, as brokers is, for our sellers is to be able to evaluate different buyers, their financial position, um, their circumstances and help the, the, the vendor choose the best fit for the practice. And if you aren't able to communicate well or you haven't got the finances to back up an offer, then you are going to lose out. Um, really quite well. quickly. Uh, yeah, you're right. Because if there's a multiple choice and they're meeting an array of buyers, you know, if, if you don't come across with much credibility, they're going to question your ability to run that practice. And remember, of course, that you're not just buying their goodwill, you're taking on board all their loyal staff. Mm -hmm. And as we know, there's a huge emotional attachment to not only letting go of the reins, but also taking on a loyal support team that has been there for a principal for up to 20, 30 years. So if you come across when you have meetings with them that not really having an in-depth understanding. These kind of things don't instill much confidence. And all you need is somebody else to rock up and have and demonstrate great business acumen. And it puts you on a bit of a back foot. So do your homework, get an understanding, and also understand how practices are valued and how practices make money, profitability. Really it, there's a huge difference between a gross and the net and the EBITDA on a practice, you know. So it's understanding what you can do with that practice and take it forward. But also, can you afford it and can you... Can they afford to basically have you as the boss? So you need to think all these things through. I think it's really important to actually start to understand what it's like to actually run a business and what it's like in the day and the life of a principal owner. So, you know, it's not for everyone. So it's worthwhile spending time going to courses and, you know, your personal development that's looking at leadership or looking at, you know, all the things that you need in terms of compliance and business skills 
not only will that give you a better insight into whether you know practice ownership is right for you it also gives you a lot more credibility on your cv because as you were saying before when you go to a bank to get lending they're not just looking at can you service this loan um they're looking at you know are you going to be able to keep this practice running um in a healthy way, are you going to be able to keep the, 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 the business, you know, performing? And you'll need to convince them that you have the business skills to do that. Uh, we had a seminar uh, recently for buyers um, in, in the Surrey area. And I remember being quite surprised at just how much feedback came that, you know, they'd all, as I say, they'd all missed out on practices. But when I asked some leading questions as to how they had reacted after seeing this practice that they'd fallen in love with. I was really shocked to hear that one of the, one of the gentlemen there said, well, I, I got back with an offer, but it was when I drilled into it in a bit more detail, it took him 10 days to respond. And guess what? The practice had gone. Mm -hmm. And I think that, you know, let's focus now on some of the areas that people need to be aware of that they must do to be considered, to be considered as a credible and a, and a serious buyer. Um, and it starts with when your broker sets up a viewing for you, um, it's very important that you actually acknowledge any communication that you've got that information where you're going. And the onus is on you to tell that principal if you're going to be delayed or even worse, a no-show. It's no good trying to ring um, the company up at nine o'clock at night saying, I haven't gone or I can't find it. And then giving feedback the next day how a viewing went. So communication is critical because if you lose your credibility, then they're not going to feel confident about putting you forward for other viewings. So communication is key. You know, things happen. People get delayed, you know, traffic jams, etc. But you need to basically make sure that you communicate well. You need to also be ready and poised to make an offer on the practice. Um, so if you see something you like, our recommendation is that you immediately let um, the broker know and advise them that it went very well. A bit of feedback is always good. Any questions that you might have. And by all means, ask for a second viewing. It shows greater interest. After all, you wouldn't buy a house with only one viewing. Um, but lodge your interest. Make an no expression of interest is critical so that we can then feed back to the principal the next day and say we had good feedback from Mr. or Mrs. X last night, and they'd like to come and see it more. We have a few questions for you. And that way, you're under the ropes and you're in the ring. But if you don't call anybody for a week, then we can just assume and we can't get hold of you. So really, the onus is on you to communicate with the broker if you like a practice. Don't leave it a week while you just sort a few things out, which was a very surprising feedback I got from a lot mm -hmm. of people. In a competitive environment. It's very competitive. Yeah, um, it's and really important because you snooze, you lose, basically. Absolutely. Um, and, and having funding in place yeah. as well. So really, the, the, the common theme of everything that we're talking about really is preparation, being ready for action. And part of that is, again, involving the right people to advise you. So if you're looking on a practice search, you may have a accountant of your own as an associate. They may not or maybe dental specialist. So a good piece of advice is to get a dental specialist um, accountant who you can throw the sales particulars over to and they will model the business for you. So they will look at the profits and the valuation that the broker's done. They will do their own valuation, taking into account your personal exp ex expenses, your personal situation, you know, the mortgage that you've got on your home. And they'll let you know whether it's a viable option for you because you have to think quite carefully. You're taking on extra demands of ownership, although you might be planning to grow the business. And you could actually, by the time you've had all your expenses, be taking home a very similar amount 
you, as you would as an associate and you're leaving at the end of the day without any of those staffing compliance and business responsibilities so i know that one of um our trusted sort of finance brokers always says, you know, you need to be careful that you're not just buying yourself a job. You know, at the end of the day, I've had all of this responsibility, but I'm taking home, you know, 60 or 70,000 at the yeah. end of it. Wow. Exhausted. That's right, yeah. <laughs> and, and this really isn't meant to frighten people yeah. off and talk you out of this yeah. at all. I think... Um, you know, it's a great thing to have some passion and some challenge, but you've got to do your homework. Mm -hmm. You've got to know the numbers. Mm -hmm. You've got to not go into this with your your happy ears on. You've got to put your listening ears on and, and listen and take advice. And and not everything is what you always want to hear. Um, and when we often take down details of buyers, don't we, where we ask them to decide, what sort of practice do you want? What's your ideal practice? To get them to start opening up about their goals, what they really want. Um, because by talking to people, we find out all kinds of information that wasn't initially given to us. And if we, they'll suddenly say, well, actually, I have a special interest in implants. That didn't come through on the questionnaire online when you registered with us. So we find out as much about them as we possibly can that way. But we also find that sometimes they're so prescriptive about where they want to buy. So they'll give us an area and then they'll say it's got to be within five miles of home. Well, if you're in London, M25 corridor, you could wait forever. That practice will never come along. So we do say to them, don't we, keep an open mind. Start to think you're never going to get 10 out of 10. If you can get 7 out of 10 mm. of your criteria. You've got to be a bit flexible. It's yeah, like flexible. Kirsty mm. and Phil on location, location, location. <laughs> as soon as they've got a very tight criteria, you realise you have to compromise on some. I've got an example where... Uh, buyer was, you know, having their search in London, and in the end, three years later, they ended up in Wales because the, of the prices and because of the competition. They, you know, they were able to change their, you know, their scope of their search. Yeah. So I have similar ones as well. In fact, one of the first sales I ever did about fourteen or fifteen years ago was exactly that. It was a young couple who were fed up with living in central London. They had very young children. So they decided to go back to Wales where he'd qualified and they relocated the whole family, lock, stock and barrel. And they're thriving now and own multiple practices. But they had a relocation move, not just for what was affordable, but also for a lifestyle change for everybody. And it's not just about that. It, it can be a lifestyle change as well. And we have practices for sale all over the UK and some are really are lifestyle purchases and they're fabulous. But other people just want to practice in a heavily populated area but of course, demand outstrips supply for that. So you've got to be on it, basically. You've got to be proactive. You've got to respond quickly, talk to your broker. We welcome calls from people um, monthly just to remind us of your circumstances. You know, if you've moved house, let us know. If you're suddenly thinking, do you know what? I, I, okay, I live in London, but I'd love to move to Cornwall or Devon. Well, let's get you on our radar. And by talking to your broker, um, it's about bringing that person top of mind. We're not saying... Don't, please don't stalk us and ring us every day, but drop us a line once a month and give us a call. And it's always lovely to hear from them because talking to people, it reminds us of them and it shows that they're keen and we'll do everything we can to make the match. Because a lot of this job is about matching people together as well, of personalities and circumstances and, and a shared ethos for going forward as well as securing the sale. And just picking up on what you're saying with being ready, it's about understanding the costs that are involved to buy a practice and not only your budget you're going to have with a broker to commit and take something off the market there's going to be a requirement to put down a holding deposit 
Um, so that could be 1% of the purchase price, which is you know reasonably substantial. Then you will have um, costs for funding, stamp duty, legal costs, and then there'll be a deposit requirement from the bank. So they will, may well lend you I'd say 400,000, but they want you to have a um, 60,000-pound deposit. So all all of these things, if you've got an awareness of what the requirements are, you can plan for it because, you know, an offer is an offer, but an offer is never, ever going to be accepted unless it's backed up by solid finance and ability to proceed. Excellent. I think you're right. I think really that's that's the mantra here is be prepared, do your homework, have the deposits and the funds in place. There's no point in going to look at a practice and then saying, I really like it, I want to buy it, but having done none of this preparation because nobody is going to wait for you for a month to get finance in place and start to talk to people. Mm-hmm. So all of the people that we've talked about today on this webinar are all very happy to work with buyers to get prepared and wait for the one. And often I know that with our um, preferred uh, finance people, they speak to so many of our clients and they're just constantly waiting, waiting, and they get sent the occasional set of accounts, piles into their inbox overnight. They've seen something they like. They review it the next morning and they're poised to have a plan. And that's the most important thing is planning and be ready. Um, so you've made that commitment and then really you want to be doing, I mean, you don't know everything about a practice from a set of particulars and you don't know everything about a practice from one visit eight o'clock on a Tuesday night. So if you can do as much homework as you can and drill into things, so a little bit like we were saying, you know, sellers need to be aware of, um, you need to be looking at driving past the practice at different times of day, um, mystery shopping, looking at the Google reviews, the NHS Choices website, and just to get an overall sort of 360 view of, you know, is this practice, does it match what I'm seeing in the particulars? You know, is it... Is it well presented? And you make a very good point about the travelling because um, I have at least two clients a year who sell the practice to me because the commute is brutal and it gets them down and after 10 years they can't do it anymore. Because as we all know, you know, you look on Google Maps and a drive from here to somewhere in London looks an hour and a half, but the reality is it's three hours because you're sat in traffic stationary. So you need to do dry runs of traffic as well. If your practice is an area where you get caught up with school traffic, what might not see a problem when you've got your buying vision goggles on? And you're excited. And you're excited, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. It's the honeymoon yeah. period. But if the reality is it's an, it takes you an hour and a quarter to get to work every day, and it's two and a half hours of commuting on top of your busy day, these kind of things will really negatively impact not only you, but your family life. And that's an o- and the far-reaching... Because we take calls, yeah. don't we, from people that maybe have had the practice for four, five years, and they say, I just can't keep up with the commute. Mm. You know, yeah. And so yeah, think carefully about yeah. it. You know, and sometimes compromise on perhaps what you, your dream practice is by getting what really works all round for your in life. a different area for mm. your lifestyle, absolutely. So you're looking to buy a practice, but actually you're working at a practice and you have a good feeling that your principal may be selling. And you possibly had a conversation with your principal around being given first opportunity to buy. Uh, let's talk about some of the uh, situation and circumstances around a practice where you may have been working for several years and you think you know the workings of it, what advice can we give to buyers thinking of entering that kind of arrangement? Again, um, the starting point would be to make sure that you've got advisors, because if you're working in a practice as an associate, you may not have been actively getting yourself ready to buy. So you haven't been looking at the market and what the values are. So 
I would be looking to bring in maybe accountants to look at the financial. So you really want to, working in a practice, you've probably never seen a set of financial accounts. You've probably got no awareness of what the practice labs, materials and costs are. So most likely probably under a non-disclosure, you, you will be asking for a set of accounts um, to make sure that what the principal there is asking for the business actually is a reasonable market value. Um, so at that point, if you've got access to financial information, sharing that with your accountant, but also you would want to get a professional valuation to make sure that what you're paying is, you know, market rate, reasonable and fair. So as a as a associate in a practice, always get a market valuation. I think you're right. And I think also it's very important to get key factors of the sale out of the way right at the get go. Um, find out what that principal's plans are post sale. Um, because sometimes we have we have examples where we've sold a practice and then the principal is really reluctant to let go of the reins afterwards. And I had a, a one where the associate became the buyer and he phoned me up in his first week and I was obviously delighted to hear from him and he'd said to me that the principal had stuck him up in the hygienist surgery because he wasn't allowed to use the principal's room. Now, when you sell a practice, you've got to be prepared to let go, but you need to make sure that the principal exiting fully understands the, the, you know, the, the rules of engagement, which is that you know, the practice becomes your, now your associate's practice. You need to make sure that if they're staying on and working for you, that if you fully understand at the outset what their role will be ongoing, that will also be what hours they're going to be working. Is there enough room at the inn for both of you? So get it in writing, all this kind of information, exactly what is required of them and are they happy with this? You don't want to be finding out this kind of information six months down the line that actually they, they think that they're going to carry on working four days a week because the, the business model doesn't support that. So you need to get that kind of information, don't you? Absolutely bottomed out in the mm. early stages. Absolutely. And, you know, there may be... Until you've actually committed to buy, there may be a little bit of reluctance to let you drill down into everything in the practice. So if you do agree to buy um, with your principal dentist, there is, you know, you, you're not actually going to be legally committed until you've done your due diligence. So that is your opportunity to drill into everything, complaints, records, health and safety, anything that could potentially affect the goodwill really or the income it's your chance to drill down into the finances and everything really about the question the practice it's your opportunity to ask everything yeah yeah don't be afraid of asking difficult questions mm. because if there's a shyness or a reluctance to to mm. ask questions you know, or really disclose and, stuff yeah. and disclose stuff and this is the thing if there's nothing to hide they should be happy any unwillingness to give you information usually is the first indicator that there is something there that they perhaps don't want you to see. Mm -hmm. um, so you have to be careful about all these kind of things. Is and your, and your team around you will advise you what is required. Your solicitor will tell you exactly what is required and what you need to be looking at. For a buyer, um, Lily, that you want to be sort of sucking up as much support and help as you can possibly find to make sure you're ready for that transition into ownership. Um, and if the, you, the practice has got a Simply Health um, membership scheme, then there'll be a, a DEMPLAN consultant for, for that practice. And it's about tapping into and getting to know who your consultant is early. So it doesn't become a surprise that you're taking over in the last minute, meeting with them, finding out what resources that they have to help you in terms of business planning, writing to patients, communication with patients about the new ownership, 
looking at ways that you can market, you know, develop the marketing in the practice or realize some of the business plans. So it's about there's a whole lot of resource in, in there as well as outside coaches and mentors that you can actually feed from and to help make it a success. Yeah, well, I think that's very good advice. Um, touching upon accountancy advice, I think that um, many associates, obviously, don't perhaps see the need to get an accountant involved at such an early stage. But I think it's very important to understand fully the structure of a purchase. So speaking to an accountant, you need to understand whether or not you're going to be taking on or starting with a limited company mm -hmm. because to help you on the journey they're going to have to put together this 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 purchasing vehicle and how it's going to be put together and structured there's obviously a cost implication with that as well and the benefits the pluses and minuses of incorporation and all this stuff will be explained by your accountant but if you get that in place as well then you're adequately equipped to go into a practice whether it's one that you're currently working at or anything else that you're being offered on the market and you un you understand then by that point hopefully what you're buying, how you're going to pay for it, and when you've got it, more importantly, how you're going to manage it. And your accountant will be there as your support, your backbone to support you throughout all of this. And they really welcome having these early conversations with people because they're in this for the long haul with you. You know, they want to develop relationships with their clients for the next 20 years. And many of our accountants that we work with, I know, they have clients that have been with them for 20, 30 years. They're loyal and they've since gone on and bought a group of practices and the, and the overriding story is, well, I remember day one when you bought your first practice and now they've gone on and built a little mini empire. But if you surround yourself with the right people that you can trust, these people will come with you on the journey. Um, so I think I hope that this has been a useful um, webinar today on how to be a good buyer. Um, obviously, the key learnings of it are communication, register with brokers, tell people what you're looking for, update people on any changes in your circumstances. Think outside the box a little bit, think about different areas, perhaps look at different styles of practices that you'd initially set your cap at, um, get the right business advice, and then obviously work hard at building up some business skills that will enable you to be a successful buyer when you find the one. And I wish you all the very best of luck. Thank you very much on behalf of Abby and myself. Thank you. Thank you.